really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby union. I am your host. I'm David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it all over the globe. If you'd like to get in touch, well, I'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast. And you can always just drop me an email at the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. So as you have undoubtedly realized, this is not our weekly installment, but is in fact yet another bonus episode. This time, I'm sitting down with the newest friend of the pod and co-founder of the Edinburgh Rugby Fans Group, Nicola Garforth. Ms. Garforth, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth, and am I okay to call you Nicola? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Sounds great. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for taking the time to sit down and chat. So obviously, uh, your team just defeated Glasgow to take the 1872 Cup just this last weekend. Are you still sort of yes. buzzing over that, or is, have you moved on by that? <laughs> no, no, I've been bouncing all week about that. <laughs> that's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> It was a convincing win, but uh, I think I've said it here a couple of times. I'm not sure how much of it was Edinburgh dominating and how, how much of it was Glasgow con- continuing their collapse that they've been sort of experiencing over the last several weeks. Yeah, they, they did seem to concede a lot more penalties than they normally would. So um, I'm just glad that we took full advantage of them and, uh, and played the way that we, we know our team can. So if you would... Could you please tell us about the fan group that you founded? Um, when I was looking it up, it looks like it's you're just about to hit the four-year anniversary of this fan group. Um, how did that all come about? Well, we there wasn't one for Edinburgh fans. There wasn't uh, there was a, the Edinburgh Rugby Supporters Group, um, but there wasn't anything. We we wanted something on Facebook. Um, we had been part of various different. Um, different Scottish forums, um, myself and my um, the co-founder, Kirsty Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd, been, we'd been around various different ones and we never really felt like Edinburgh fans fitted in. Um, there was a lot of Glasgow fans. There was a lot of people who just followed the national sport. So we decided, it wasn't even a conscious decision to make one for Edinburgh fans. We just decided we'd left the other Scottish forums and we wanted somewhere where we could share our love of the club without spamming our own friends who are not supporters of Edinburgh Rugby. <laughs> so we decided very kind to, of you. Yeah, yeah, we just thought that they were getting a bit fed up with our constant posts about the club. So we decided to um, start a group and we just called it Edinburgh Rugby Fans because that's what we are. We're just fans of the club. Um, and uh, it started just me and Kirsty. Uh, we invited our friends and... Um, it just grew, it just escalated. We had people joining and commenting, saying that finally a place for just us, you know, a place for us to talk freely. It meant that we could be as crazy about our team without other people jumping in and going, why are you talking about hmm. Edinburgh? What's, you know, what's so good about Edinburgh? They're, you know, or, or Glasgow Warriors fans teasing us if they won you know the match or yeah you know that sort of thing it was it was our place you know where we could we could show our fandom um, of the club um, we also set down some quite strict rules because one thing that had uh, very much annoyed us about um, 
a lot of the Scottish forums is that there can be a lot of criticism of the players. And we decided we didn't want that. It's not necessary. We're fans. You know, we're Edinburgh rugby fans. If you're a fan, you don't slag the people off. You don't make fun of them. You don't, you know, say nasty things about them. So we set it out very early that we weren't going to allow that. It was, we, we are fans. We're supportive. We're doing what we can to support the team. And we stuck with that. And we now have over 2,500 members in the group. Um, and because we've laid it out right from the beginning, everyone sticks with it. It's very rare that we actually have to remove any comments or we have to remove any people from the group. Oh, wow. People, people have really embraced it. Um, and, and I mean, I think this year so far, I've only had to remove one person wow. from the group for, um, we don't even allow singling out a player so that we can't have, you know, X player is the reason why we lost this match because oh, they're okay. not it's a team game you know we're not going to allow yeah if something happens and somebody does something you know it's going to get mentioned but it's not their fault that we lost the match I remember a few years I think it was last season Nick Groom had um collected the ball and our train went past this was in a Glasgow match at Scotstone I remember this and the train went past and sounded its horn and yeah. he thought it was the end of the half he ran quite a way down and then kicked the ball out and Glasgow ended up getting a, a, um, try, a try from from his actions. Now, yeah, it gets mentioned in the group, but it's not his fault that we lost that match. You know, that one try wasn't the reason we lost the match. So we, we don't completely ignore the fact that players will make mistakes or things will happen, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But the main focus is that it's not, it's a team game. We win as a team, we lose as a team. So we're supportive, you know. And to be honest, it became more of a bit of a joke when Nick Grimm's yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, than anything. It was such a strange... I vividly remember that because it was so bizarre. And I, I, I desperately wish there was like a conspiracy-minded documentary just about who was that train driver? What did yeah. he know? And you know. yeah, it was it was very much um, jokes about that the, the um, player of the match for Glasgow was that train driver. Yes. <laughs> well, wasn't there also the thing? Wasn't it that they didn't actually use a horn at the end of matches at that point yeah, either? We, so we, we still yeah we still don't in in Scotland. Right, so it, we, it we shouldn't have, have them. Yeah. So, but I think having been in Super rugby for so long it was just yeah. in his head you know it just made him think that that was it and and pick the ball out so you know these these things happen you know and we can't ignore them when they happen but you know the the main thing is just keeping positive and and that's very much what we do as a group so so you already mentioned you know so so even from where i said it's obvious your group has had a lot of success you mentioned uh there's more than two and a half thousand followers on mm -hmm. facebook your personal account there on twitter has over 1700 followers mm -hmm. so uh, yeah. it seems like a a pretty quick journey to get from you know where you were four years ago thinking maybe we'll start this group to now mm -hmm. where you've had mm -hmm. all the success are, are you surprised by how well it's gone very much, very much. I mean, when, when even when we just reached the first thousand, we were quite sort of shocked that, you know, we, we'd got to that level. Um, I think one thing that's made it really successful is we've built up a really good relationship with the club. Um, we've we've actually got really good contacts. Um, so we, we can go to them, we can get that. I mean, we, we built up that bond, particularly during lockdown, um, mm. because the club were looking for ways to interact with the fans. Um, they were looking for things that they could do 
that would bring the fans to to them but in a virtual way right so um they were contacting us if they wanted a, to do an article you know they they would come to me and they would say have we got you know can can you give me a suggestion of someone we can interview that we can maybe do because of course for a while the players were furloughed so they couldn't even do any interviews with the players oh, right, um, the players course. were basically put on pause you know yeah, and they yeah. weren't allowed to work you know I mean they were still keeping up their gym regime and you know in the, their own personal way but they couldn't do interviews with them they couldn't do anything like that because technically they weren't working um, right right so they were looking yeah for and it would, it, that they, i remember it would violate the terms of the furlough yeah. if you did something like that too so yes, it's not like you yeah. could sneak it on the side exactly yeah they they had to um they they, they basically had to kind of leave the players alone and not mm-hmm. do anything and because of that they were still wanting to connect with fans because you know you you don't want the social media for your club just going completely dead especially at a time like that when people are feeling so stressed and upset they wanted stuff so the club were doing things like playing old matches at a weekend so we could sit and watch them and we would act in the group as if we'd never seen it before you know and and sort of you know oh I wonder what the result will be you know and all this and of course every match was one that we'd won convincingly or a great victory you know and we kind of slightly worried at the end of lockdown that we'd be a bit kind of used to winning because we'd watched all of these previous videos uh, a win at Twickenham what who would have thought um so then um yeah so we 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 would get com you know feedback from their social media team saying right we would like to interview someone do you know anyone that's got like a unique story and so I would sort of look around the group and I think well I know that there's one person that is way up in Shetland right up in the the northern isles of Scotland and he's a season ticket holder and comes down for matches from oh Shetland and so I was like isn't you that know, a, you like a 36 hour commute with it's, the, with it's the a ferry very long way it's a very long way thankfully he flies down so he manages to get a flight down when he when oh he comes word. but it's it's a lot of commitment for him to come yeah. I mean I, I live in Perth which is about an hour north of, of Edinburgh so yeah. that I think that's bad enough but yeah. for him it's, it's a lot worse so oh they would word. go and they would contact him and they would interview him and and then there would be an article about that person and then we've got a fan um who lives in Texas um who came over for a um he was over for a business trip and he um decided he wanted to come to an Edinburgh match and he bumped into some Edinburgh fans in Edinburgh and he he went with them to the match and he got to meet some of the players and absolutely loved it and now he's oh, a big wow. Edinburgh fan oh my gosh so we've got stories you know that wouldn't have been told otherwise but because of lockdown they were looking for people to to interview and and you know keep the social media going and it was great and that really built up a strong relationship I mean they gave us prizes as well so we did competitions for um people in the group you know we we did 30 day challenges and gave away a signed shirt at the end of it and and stuff like that so there was so much that we got to do um and the feedback we got from the fans was that we really kept them going you know throughout that whole period of time they were a bit kind of lost you know a bit you know what what do we do a lot of them a lot of them were furloughed a lot of people were panicking obviously about the pandemic there was no rugby to watch you know it's kind of like our world has ended here and we just kept people going you know with with activities you know and stuff for people to do and and passing it on to the club and them doing articles and it was just although it was probably the worst of times that we made 
the best of what we could from wow. it. That's brilliant. And um, it was really, really good. Another thing that we've also started fairly recently, um, it's probably been about, well, it's maybe been about a year now, is that we, um, because the even once we got back to matches, um, we couldn't go near the players. They were still in their sort of player bubble, couldn't the players. So normally kids would go and try and get autographs from the players and stuff like that. So I was able to contact a few of the players and they've been signing posters for us. So I got a big printer that can print A3, you know, big sheets, big posters. Oh, wow. And um, they, they, I dropped them off, the players signed them, um, I picked them up and then we send them to kids for their birthdays. So oh, um, that's brilliant. And I mean, we don't charge for the posters. The only thing we've charged for is postage because obviously I can't pay for sure. everybody's postage but um i mean the parents are all quite happy to pay the postage and get a signed poster i actually have our folder of our posters this is how many i have at the moment oh my word it's uh, a lot and it's just you know a simple poster but autographed by a player so um they're uh, yeah the 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 kids absolutely love them they they just get so it feels to them i've been told it feels to them like they are getting a gift sent to them by that player yeah you know they they feel like that player has has sent them a gift and that's the way I want it to be that's what I want them to feel is that you know they've you know Pierre Schumann has sent them a a signed poster you know yeah yeah you know (laughs) it's it's really good that's that's how great our guys are they'll just do these things for us you know anytime that we ask it's it's brilliant that's so great. The uh, it's funny you mentioned him too because I actually uh, I have him to, br- <laughs> to bring up later too. Um, at one point, I reached out to Pierre Schumann and uh, said, "Hey, I have this tiny, tiny little podcast. There's probably no chance you'd want to come on, but I'm asking anyway." And he was like, "Great, that sounds good." And yeah. Said, oh, okay. And then I followed up with him. Dead silence after that. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to Craig and John from the the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast, and they said, "Oh yeah, that that is the the." the Scotland, or the, you know, the SRFU media machine, they have no doubt gone to him and said, no, 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 you're not just <laughs> hopping on some randos podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you, you go where we say you go. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he did, he did a, a podcast for, um, through the club for us um, because the, we'd started just before lockdown hit, the club started doing, um, where you could play or you could sponsor a player's shirt um and your name would appear on the website it would appear in the program next to that player's name and at the end of the season you would get their shirt um, wow. that they'd worn in the matches signed by that player and we'd it it'd been sort of later on in the year I'd thought to myself I wonder if we could do it as a group you know where we've sponsored someone mm. it would be the group that would would be in there and and um you know, we could, if people contribute money to it, we could raffle off the um, shirt at the end of the year and someone wins that, that signed shirt oh. from the player. So we put it to the group and the group were like, yeah, definitely. We ended up that year sponsoring three players. Um, so we spent, we sponsored um, Grant Gilchrist first, Ben Tullis, and then Nick Broom. Um, we sponsored those three players um, at the end of the year we did the raffle and three people won it but we also got um, some posters signed by the players as well and we so we were able to give out a few more prizes um, so the following year is when lockdown 
happened. And we said, right, it was a success sponsoring three players. That's fantastic. We're so proud of everybody for doing that. Let's aim bigger this year. And because lockdown had happened, um, we seemed to just get an overwhelming response to it. We ended up sponsoring 23 players. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, it was it was a you know a full team yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and the bench you know it was it was actually a ridiculous amount but it was it was massive it just the money just kept pouring in um and it's me I do that on my own because I want the other moderators and admin to be able to enter it themselves if they mm. want to so there's only one person who can't win it and that's me <laughs> so they they have the potential to win it as well and um, so it, it was just overwhelming. The club were so amazed with, with what we achieved and everything. And it was really fantastic. Wow. And then um, at the end of the year, they did a podcast for us, for just in the group, just for us. Oh. Um, and they, they invited, um, Pierre was one of the players. Um, we had, I'm trying to remember who else was on it. There was Nathan Chamberlain and there was... Dave Cherry and I'm going to be in trouble now because I've forgotten who the other one was. <laughs> oh, quick, it was quick, Jack look it, it up. was Jack Blaine, that's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, they, they did that for us um exclusively in the group. So um it, it was it was really good. And um yeah, so we've 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 made some really good connections and we've done some good work. This year we've managed to sponsor 10 players. Um, I knew it would drop down after lockdown because sure. people are actually going to matches and spending money in the club directly. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we still sponsored 10 this year. Um, and we have, um, in our, our group, I don't know, you know, the podcast Happiness is Egg-Shaped. I sure do. With Bruce Aitchison. Yeah. Bruce is in our group because he's the announcer at Edinburgh. Oh, and, um, okay. So he, he, again, he did another one recently for us um, with Darcy Graham on because we um did a fundraiser for the hospital where his brother was treated oh okay i think i saw um, a, fo a photo from a zoom with you and darcy yeah and, yeah, yeah okay yeah we've we've um yeah we, we listen to me I, I, yeah i call him darcy yeah yes <laughs> don't worry we all do <laughs> but yeah he's um we we managed to raise seven thousand eight hundred and fifteen pounds um, for the hospital, wow. he, uh, which was a lot of money. It, it started out as just a signed Edinburgh shirt that someone had donated to us. Well, they donated the shirt and then I got the club, I got the team to sign it. Mm. So we started with that and then we were about two weeks into it and uh, I got in touch with Darcy and I said, look, we've raised this much so far. And he went, you know what, I'm going to give you my shirt that I wore for the Calcutta Cup match this year. Um, signed by the Scotland team. So add that into your prizes. Whoa. Well, at that point, my messages went crazy because I started getting everybody wanting to join in. That was yeah. when it just escalated, just went through the roof. Um, and so it, it was it was incredible. And um, we, we just kept, I kept sending these mum messages, giving her a little update on how much we'd raised wow. now. And, she just and, and you know what, that, that Darcy Graham, I, I think he has the potential to be a really good player. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely genius. <laughs> he is. 
he um, he defies gravity. There's quite a lot of pictures you see of him, and his legs are going one way, and he's going the other way. You think, how is he still <laughs> on his feet? But uh... that's a really great point. I feel like somebody should do a mashup of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a, a unique one for us. <laughs> So uh, I think I gather you're a season ticket holder. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so how long have you had those seats? How long have you been, you know? Um, well, obviously this year we got the dam stadium. So that's our new stadium that we just um, Yeah, I have built a, a, a the... question slated to ask you about that as well. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that, I, I started, I can't even remember how many years ago, but it was a few years ago. We were actually at Myerside at that point rather than at uh, Murrayfield or obviously the new stadium um, because we tried out a few different grounds to try and see if we could find a home of our hmm. own. None of them really kind of worked out. It was sort of, we had about six months at Myerside and we ended up back at Murrayfield again because it just didn't, didn't really work for us. Hmm. Um, I actually, I struggle with a lot with anxiety um, and I have done since I was in my early 20s, a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I um, had sort of, I'd followed rugby um, when I was younger, but I'd been to a few matches, not really enjoyed it, to be honest went to Glasgow matches and didn't like it at all it just wasn't you mean with the, with the crowd and the, the crush of people yeah the it just and... didn't I mean I, I was brought up around the corner from where Glasgow Warriors Stadium is um literally it's pretty much on my doorstep um where I used to live when I was brought up and even um when I moved back to Glasgow because I moved down south for a while when I moved back to Glasgow I was still in that area literally just a walking distance away from the stadium wow. but I'd been a few times and it just it just wasn't for me it wasn't I wasn't comfortable there so um I would check the results but wouldn't particularly avidly watch I'd watch you know the usual Six Nations you know November tests whatever else came along but I wasn't I'd sort of almost fallen out of love with it for a while mm. and then um I moved up to Perth where I live now and I kind of got into a bit of a better situation better you know um living situation and job and things like that and I watched the Lions tour of New Zealand and I fell back in love with rugby again this was, 20, was just, 2015 I think 2015 that would be I I fell back in love with rugby and I was totally hooked and it got to the end of the Lions tour and I turned to my husband and I said I'm going to start going to rugby. I said, I know it's Glasgow. I know it's Edinburgh. I know it's miles away, but I'm going to start going. And I had that decision. Do I go to Glasgow where I know the stadium and everything, but I knew I was a bit uncomfortable there? Or do I try something new and try Edinburgh? But for someone with anxiety, trying something new is hard. <laughs> very, sure, very sure. hard. <laughs> so I decided I would go for Edinburgh. Um, and from the very first match, I loved it. Absolutely oh. adored it. Um, the first match I went to was a, a pre-season friendly against Sail Sharks. Um, we were standing at Megatland up on a hill um, beside the pitch watching, and I just loved it. Loved every second of it. Um, I went to the matches on my own because my husband didn't want to go. Okay. Um, he wasn't interested. However, he was willing to drive me down, drop me oh. off, and then pick me up afterwards. I... I'm learning to drive at the moment, but I I couldn't drive, you know, I can't drive at the moment. So um, 
I went, I started going, my husband started coming occasionally. He would come when it was one of the Welsh teams because his family is Welsh. So oh, wow. he, he wanted to come and support the Welsh teams <laughs> at that point. So um, I... That poor, poor man. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I went, I didn't know anyone. I would come in, I would sit in my seat, I would go, you know, and I wouldn't speak to anybody. And then gradually, as we, as I started to get to know people a little bit, you know, I started meeting up with a few people, you know, and, and started getting to know just one or two. We went, then went back to Murrayfield for the rest of the season. And then we were back at Murrayfield, you know, for, for each of the seasons after that. And I just gradually was starting to get to know a few people. I'd got to know Kirsty through the... Um, Scotland forum and then we we both decided to create the the fans group now I literally can't walk through the stadium without being hi 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 like this all the way through. <laughs> so I've, I've definitely got to the point where I'm, I'm I know a lot more people now um, my husband is now a season ticket holder oh, wow. and really enjoys going to the matches um, it was actually Pierre that won him over oh um, He'd, uh, he'd come to a couple of matches and then he came to this match because Nigel Owens was refereeing it and he wanted to, to see if he could meet Nigel Owens. And um, Pierre had literally just joined the club and we'd seen him at a pre-season event mm. um, and he'd come over and he'd said, um, he'd spoken to us and, and I'd, I'd walked on and and then I'd gone round and I'd, I'd met who is now my, one of my best friends um, called Chelsea. And um, I was getting people to come and, and get selfies with her. And um, he came along and he went, haven't I seen you already? So it was nice that he recognised us again, that we'd already been wow. round, you know, further round. And then very first match he played, he got red carded, yeah. um, <laughs> which not the great start. It was a bit of a penalty machine there for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, the second match was a home match, our first home match of the season. And we walked in, Pierre was there. He came rushing straight over, threw his arms around me, gave me a big hug, gave my friend Chelsea a big hug as well and turned around, shook my husband's hand and then um, brought Jakob van der Waal over to speak to us and introduced us to him as well. Oh my word. And from that moment on, my husband hasn't missed a match. <laughs> He's yeah. always there. You oh know, my that word. That won him over. He was like that to have a, a to see a rugby player being that friendly. Yeah, he he just was. Yeah, this is the, uh, this is a good sport. <laughs> All these things you're describing are very like eerily reminiscent of my own experience with my New England Free Jacks here. The 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 way the players are willing to just come over and talk to you. The the openness. Mm -hmm. I've just discovered one of the things about rugby is people who love rugby want to talk about rugby. They just do. Yes. And, and yeah. they don't really care yeah. who it's with, but if it's a chance to talk. So it's pretty great. Yeah. yeah I've been, but, by the way, uh, I've been, uh, I'm sort of friends with uh, John and Craig from the, the Scottish rugby blog podcast mm -hmm. by now. And I've been trying desperately to get them to start using this. I, I think the ship has sailed, but uh, I, my, my nickname for Pierre Skuman, the Skunami. <laughs> we we are just we've just started a hashtag that that we're using and and we're hoping to get some badges printed up with it on because when when i don't know if you've seen with the edinburgh matches every time he gets the ball we oh, all yeah. shout shoo well fans are, are visiting tend to think that we're shouting boo i, I heard and, i heard uh, that his get... wife was very upset about this until <laughs> she figured it out 
yeah there's a there's a, a lot of people will, will turn and go why don't you like that prop very much that's a bit <laughs> rude that you do that so we've just started the hashtag and we're going to get badges printed up that say we don't do we shoe so that nice. we can show people that's that's <laughs> our our latest uh, <laughs> oh that's good oh that's really good <laughs> <laughs> so um well, I, I've, spe- I, I've speculated here before that he, it, it's, he's in a dangerous position because if his thighs get any bigger, it might start to affect the tides. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I, I do want to ask, you know, running this group and doing all this stuff you're doing. So what mm-hmm. has been, you know, the biggest challenge as you've been helping to run this group for these last four years that you obviously are doing a lot and putting many, many hours into it. Something mm-hmm. must've come up that you didn't expect or that you thought, oh, geez, I don't know how to overcome this. What, what's been your biggest challenge so far? Um, I think the biggest challenge with it is people who try, and it happened particularly initially, who try to stand up to you and be like, no, you, we're not gonna abide by your rules. We're not gonna, huh. you know, um, I don't know whether some of it, well, I know for a fact that some of it came from the fact that it was two females that set up the group. So, you know, um, there is a little bit of old school, you know, attitudes sometimes um, that that echo around where it's kind of, we were saying, look, you cannot single that player out and blame them for the the loss um, Mm. that we've had over the weekend. And they would be like, yes, I can. You can't stop me. And it was like, well, actually, yes, I can buy, you know, the group. <laughs> so um, there was a there was a fair bit of that at the beginning, you know, and people saying, I don't understand why you're doing it this way. We should be allowed to say whatever we want, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, you can say whatever you want, right? Just not Some, in our group, somewhere else, you know. Yep. Feel feel free to go and put it on your own social media all you want. Put it all sure. over Twitter if you want. That's that's entirely up between you and that social media platform. In our group you know you you can't do that um that for me has been the biggest challenge um over over time we've obviously had some personal individual you know challenges with different people but the main thing is you know that we've laid down the rules the group runs that way and now like I say two and a half thousand members and we've only had to remove one and it was someone who'd literally just joined the day before you know and then <laughs> you know started you know mouthing off and it was like yeah you, you've they get a warning and then that's it you know they're out so um yeah I I think I think that's it and and I think initially there was a bit sort of like well what does she know you know kind of thing you know and um, because there is a lot of fans there that have been a fan of Edinburgh for a lot longer than me. They okay. have. They, they, they know the history. They've been involved with it. The supporters club has been going for, for many, many years. Um, and I have a great deal of respect for them. Um, we, we contacted them when we first started up the group and said, look, you know, we're not, we're not taking over as the supporters club. That's not what we're about. You know, we just want somewhere to share the, the love mm. of Edinburgh. Um, they're part of it you know they're part of the group with us we share things with them they share stuff with us you know um they they are not quite as active at the moment they've still got their facebook page but they're not quite as active at the moment but that's fine we're we're still getting things done and we we work you know we work together we we contact them they contact us you know it's 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 not about you know taking over or anything it's just about you know 
we all just want to be fans of Edinburgh at the end yeah. of the day and we're doing it the and best way we can. <laughs> fandom isn't a zero-sum game. You know, yeah. me yeah. being a, being me being my type of supporter doesn't take away from you being your type mm-hmm. of supporter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we, we just want to do what we do and um, support them in doing what they want to do, you know, and, and likewise with all Edinburgh fans, you know, we just want to support people to be the best fan that they can be you know and and if we can help them with that then great so when we arranged this conversation i had asked if you might have you know 45 minutes or so and you've already given me 40 and i haven't <laughs> i haven't gotten to the, the types of questions that i really kind of want so some of your particular insight about so is it okay if we, if we uh, sort of move on to talk about and yeah. the, uh, the urc yeah. this year in particular um it, it's hard to believe you know i was looking back just through the match history it's hard to believe the season started more than eight months ago. Mm, I know. Um, so Edinburgh this year, they finished 10, one and seven, and they were two points behind Munster and four points ahead of Glasgow who have fallen apart. As we mentioned <laughs> uh, over the last several weeks after, you know, the, the, the poison tour to South Africa in particular, you know, what is your sort of just from a, a wide umbrella point of view, what's your overall assessment of your team this season? Have you been happy with it? Yes, we've definitely made progress. Um, Obviously, new coach this year with Mike Blair um, and Richard Cockerell had left very last minute. Um, yep. It was literally just announced. Where did he go, by the way? So. What has become of he's Richard He's working with the England team. Um, oh. I think he's either forwards coach that or explains coach, it. something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he, he's gone off to, to work for them. Yeah. <laughs> them um oh well but yeah he he left it very last minute for notification and we were all obviously a bit nervous about who we were going to get as coach but Mike Blair good choice um Mm. as far as we're concerned um good history with the club um very good you know experience working with the Scotland team so um we 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 were happy with the choice and there's definitely been a, a style change to our rugby this year. Um, mm-hmm. Very much our backs more being involved. Um, Richard Cockerell is is very good and, and very good working with forwards. Um, you know, very strong on the, the forwards front. Um, our backs needed something, you know, to a spark. And I think that Mike Blair's brought that. So they've been able to build on what Richard Cockerell had created and bring it forward to now the whole team being involved not just you know the the forwards um as we we'd often seen over the last few years is Richard Cockrell one of those coaches who comes in and and makes things better for a little while but then it becomes stale and he has to sort of move on is it I feel like Steve Diamond is kind of that way like he comes in and makes a big change and everyone kind of goes okay and they're on board Mm -hmm. and then they get tired of it and and it doesn't work I think, I think he's, I, th- I mean, he's good. And what he's done for our club, I would always appreciate what he's done for sure. our club because he really did. He, he, he made them a professional team again. I think there had been a little bit, I mean, he, that Richard Cockerell had said himself that when he came in, he, he interviewed all the players and he gave them very frank assessments of what he thought of them. He brought in a whole different culture of respect you know, to everybody, not just, you know, that it's not just the players that get respect, the people that clean Murrayfield get respect, the mm. people who bring them their food get respect, you know, he, he really did bring that in, you know, and, and reinforce it in the club. Um, 
he I, did, also, I hadn't heard that. That's great. Yeah, he's, he really was very, very keen on that. Um, he then, um, you know, very much worked with our forward pack, which I think is the, the main thing when you're trying to get a team back on, on track, you, you need to get the forwards on track first. Um, I think the backs can kind of, you know, you want the whole team working together, but I think you need the forwards to be, you know, there's so much that they do, you know, that is integral to a team yeah, yeah. winning or it's losing. Like, it's like working on your core kind of. Yeah, yeah. So he he did a lot of work on that. I, I do think because obviously we had we had the first year he was there was quite successful. The second year was a bit, you know, third year was the most successful we'd had in a long, long time. Um and then it kind of fizzled again the the following year. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm I've can only use from my own observations that it kind of felt like he'd taught everything he could to the forwards and we just needed that change to someone who could also bring in the backs you know that our forwards knew what they were doing um and I mean we've got some great experience um you know in in our forward pack with WP Nell for for one is it's just the impact he can make you know when he comes on the field and even if he um he's taken on a little bit of coaching of the the younger props and the experience he can give them is just fantastic and so we have that experience there we have the strong forward pack and I just feel now you know they've freed up the backs the backs can now finally you know kind of do what they do and Mm. and shine and it's been an exciting season actually it's it's really been exciting to see the rugby developing. So, well, the, the the end result is that you get to face the Stormers not this this weekend starting now, but uh, next weekend. Next weekend, yeah. Um, I was trying to look at some numbers, and uh, I'm trying to find optimism facing <laughs> <laughs> leading towards the Stormers match. And one thing I little found I found you might already be way ahead of me on this, um, but the Stormers. Overall, they've only scored, not only, but they have scored 464 total points this year. Mm-hmm. But the, the teams in positions four, five, and six in the ORC have all scored well past 500. So they're kind of underperforming in that category. The third mm-hmm. team actually have scored less than Edinburgh. So can Edinburgh use their attack to get past the Stormers in Cape Town in the quarterfinals? Yeah, I, I think so. Um We've got a lot of players coming back from injury that we've missed over Mm. the last few months that have kind of led us to be a bit lower down in the table than potentially we would have liked to have been, to be honest. Um, So there's there's players that, you know, Darcy Graham is a a prime example. You know, he obviously there was the whole Scotland um, camp and then he's had an injury for the last few weeks. So getting players like him back just bring a bit more confidence back into the team you know a bit more of a a few a few more tactics you know that they can bring in that they maybe wouldn't otherwise be able to you know it just I just think you know we've got that that kind of strength sneaking back in again you know where we were missing it for a little while and Mm. um it's you just don't know what can happen with these guys these guys can do amazing things so so it, it's interesting you, you you mentioned you know 
they've been good this year. Um, to me, it seemed like there's a little something missing. Like to me, they've seemed like they've underperformed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, I was just trying to pour through some of the numbers. And so it's so when you look at the stats, you know, the Edinburgh attack looks absolutely top notch on paper. They had the the fourth most clean breaks, the second most meters gained, the most defenders beaten overall in the URC. But with all that, they're only, you know, one above right the middle for tries scored. So the the question, you know, for somebody like you, who's there every time, what happens after all those meters are gained, after all those defenders are beaten and everything else, what happens to that attacking opportunity? Because it it gets so far and then a score doesn't result out of it. Why aren't they better right now? Um, to be honest, I don't really know. They, is, it the, they, is it the injuries, like you mentioned? or We, we have had to um, use a lot of our backup squad. Um, we, we have had a lot of injuries. Tail end of the year, we were, you know, we were great. We were top, you know, of the league towards the end of, of the winter. You know, we were, we were yep. um, but beginning part of the season. We were top of the league. We've had a couple of losses that really I feel should have been wins the Benetton one particularly sticks in my mind because they did a drop ball um you know we we should have won that one um and that draw probably was a draw that should have been a win Mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of there's been a a kind of bit frustrating you know frustrating moments and moments where we've you've kind of looked at the team and you've gone do you know what? It's good, and we've got a lot more depth this year than we've had in a long, long time. Um, we've 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 got you know more players that I would feel confident being part of the team when the um, big players are away on international duty or or you know wherever um, they've got to go, um, or or if they're injured. I I just think that we they maybe need to. We get more game time and so the 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 finishing is is just spot on um you know mm. and and we can get that across the line no matter who's playing rather than you know I don't like to blame the fact that you know injuries and stuff like that but it is it is kind of we've got, had quite a lot of different players if you know what I mean that are not in the team an awful lot and and that I know it's difficult for them to get their confidence up to to play at their full potential. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. It, it sounds like you're pretty optimistic for next year then too. If this mm-hmm. is year one and a lot of the pieces have fallen into place, it sounds like next year, logically, it should be even better. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. And obviously we've got a few, a couple of good signings coming in. We've managed to retain a lot of the team. Um we're really not losing an awful lot of players this year. I think it's seven um, of the oh. players are moving on. And I mean, a couple of them haven't played at all this year. So, um, you know, we're not losing many players and we've got a good couple of signings coming in. So there is definitely, you know, confidence growing. So speaking of specific players, I'm looking <laughs> to sort of give out some some fan awards, if you don't mind. Uh, I would love to know, who is your best front row performer for this year? Um, I'm, I'm guessing we've already said his name about seven times. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it would have to be Pierre because he's, he's, 
he's really performed well this year. He's won the Collie Lug Award, which is the one that fans vote for. Oh, I didn't um, know. That. Yeah, it's it's an award that um, Edinburgh give every year for um, outstanding dedication to the shirt. Um, oh. And the fans vote for it every year. It's moulded on um, Chunk, one of our old players' ear. So it's the cauliflower lug, the collie lug. Um, it's it's actually moulded on his ear. So. <laughs> and, um, that Pierre is the best award year. I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I definitely. Um, but, I mean, WP's been, done a fantastic job as well. Um, and Dave Cherry as well. And, and Stuart McAnally. They're, they're all great. But Pierre, I think has really stood out this year. <laughs> I can just picture the conversation when they were going to get the mold made. <laughs> Are you sure this is what you mean? Yes, we're absolutely sure. I, I even know the lady who did the mold because no she does way. their gum shields. Yeah, she does all their gum shields and I, I know her. Um, she, she's in our group, funnily enough. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she incredible. did the mold. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, if you've got it, I can mold it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if, if you would uh, give us your your top performer in the second row this year too I mean, and, and by the way I, I meant to specify um, obviously some of your best players are also playing for mm -hmm. Scotland but I, I really mm -hmm. want to talk about Edinburgh the club team and yeah. this year so if mm -hmm. somebody was yeah. out a lot or missed you know because of internationals or whatever um, you know I, I want that to factor in I want it to be an Edinburgh thing yeah um Second row, Grant Gilchrist. Mm. Um, always Grant Gilchrist. He is the most, in my opinion, underrated player um, in Edinburgh. Um, he's one of our captains. We have him and Stuart McAnally are our captains of our club. And um, Gilco gives 100% every single match. And yes, he is mm. away with Scotland a lot. Um, and we miss him when he's away. Um, he's outstanding in my opinion, um, and, and is so every year. Like I said about the sponsor player thing, he was the first player we chose to sponsor as a oh, family's yeah. group um, because he is outstanding. So, uh, Who has been Edinburgh's best flanker this season? Oh, that's a tough one because Hamish Watson is amazing every I time he, he steps it, it, on the stage. It's a controversy. But I, also, I, heard, I heard before the 2019 Lions tour that he's a little small. <laughs> oh, drives us insane that it's like Sorry, watch I, I him know. play <laughs> it's like a trigger point <laughs> um but i mean we've had a couple of players that have really shone through this year connor boyle um has oh. really been a, a revelation this year for us he's he's come on in leaps and bounds um and ben muncaster as well um oh, both that's a great them, shot um, both of them have been just outstanding, um, you know, the, this year. So for all that I would like to say, Hamish, Hamish has been away on Scotland duty a lot. Um, yeah. and He got some extra rest after the Lions too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's not been in the team as much, um, although, he, you know, he is outstanding every time he sets foot on the pitch. Yep. But I would probably say, I'd struggle to pick between Connor Boyle and Ben Muncaster. Mm. They've both been fantastic this year, so... And I don't think I know the answer to this one or even have an idea, really. Like, who, who is your best number eight right now? Um, probably Magnus Bradbury. Huh. But again, okay. um, Ben Muncaster goes in there as well and is very good. But right. we're losing Magnus. Magnus Bradbury's going off to Bristol. Oh. So we won't have him for next year. 
but oh, Magnus Bradbury has been brilliant. Bill Mata usually is the one that, that we would list as our best eight. Right. But he's been injured, injured for most of the season. Most yeah. of the season. Well, he's, did we, he's, what did we see him? Like only three or four games this yeah, year? Yeah, it was early on in the year when he got injured. Yeah. And I mean, he's making progress now. He's 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 light running and, and stuff okay. like that. So hopefully next season we'll see a lot more of him obviously another one that's been injured this year is Jamie Ritchie you know he's right. usually outstanding for us as well at Flanker so you know that we we're actually that that's where we're spoiled for choice is Flanker we really yeah. are strong are strong as a team there that's the envy of quite a few teams with our with our back our back row um they're, they're very very good so so looking at the backs who is your best scrum half and who do you prefer at fly half right now well scrum half this is a loaded question because mm. my favorite player in the whole team is a scrum half oh so um he, henry pargos is my favorite player in really? the whole team that's his signed shirt behind me um because i sponsored him and i sponsored him again this year so, oh wow he is my favourite player. However, Ben Velocott really stepped in and stepped up his game He's been a for revelation. us this year. He's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So um, much as I would love to give it to Henry, I will give it to Ben Velocott. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's, he's very, very good, Ben is. Um, oh, and fly half as well. You wanted yeah, to yeah. know. Uh, Blair. Blair Kinghorn yeah. has, has been playing that role for us very very well this year i'm not sure i'm happy with his mustache right now but (laughs) well you know if you saw henry pargos and i'm a fan of him he's got the same mustache so that's all good for me (laughs) (laughs) maybe they should just trade it off match to match shakespearean witch style there's there's a theory in the group that blair's trying to become my favorite player so he's growing the mustache so that it's (laughs) 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 i mean there's worse things you could try to do uh who do you have at winger this season for your best player for edinburgh um winger buffelli i think um yep. darcy is love once darcy, buffelli darcy took over the kicking too he, he's just a machine yeah, he is um i mean darcy's great but he again has been away on scotland duty a lot oh, and then has been injured so buffelli has just been the best signing in my opinion that we made this year he's just been absolutely he's fitted in the team straight away just perfectly you know and just is is outstanding in every match it's funny because he's been so good all year and then I, like a week ago i saw something that said uh that buffelli is really starting to learn english <laughs> and i was thinking <laughs> yeah. oh okay yeah that's helpful <laughs> yeah that, that's probably going to lead to good things i think it, it, it probably won't help him much at edinburgh because of all the accents all the scottish accents you probably still won't get it. <laughs> i don't know if you've seen this so some of the uh the videos of scottish people arguing with alexa because alexa just doesn't <laughs> yeah. understand the accent yeah. <laughs> we feel great. that pain all of us feel that pain <laughs> uh okay we're we're almost there um i know the two center positions are very different but you know who's been tops for you at either of those center positions this year Mark Bennett um, definitely definitely has been absolutely brilliant this year he's really stepped into a leadership role this year I feel Um, you can actually see it on the pitch he's leading the way he's he's really I I think I've seen a big difference in him this year compared to last year Um, there just seems to be more of a confidence about him Mm. um, 
and and like I say, do you think that, that's just yeah. natural development or is that coaching or I, I think it's probably a mixture of both I think mm. you know what he I th- I, again back to cockers I think the backs were kind of almost left to their own devices to a certain extent whereas mm. with Mike Larry's kind of bringing them in you know and I just think that there's I just uh, I, I, you know he's he's in that leadership team and he's showing it you know when he every time he goes out you can actually see him calling on the players and and rallying the troops and, and, yeah, yeah. and you know he, and he's he's just and he's such a good player, and I absolutely love when he scores tries because I love his try um, music. <laughs> <He> <laughs> it, has, it, uh... It's one of the best things about being a season ticket holder, too, is you see all the things that aren't caught on camera and those little interactions yeah. when somebody comes over and just mm-hmm. rallies the players and stuff. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So, uh, oh, of course, I almost forgot. Um, so, of <laughs> course, who is your top fullback this year? Uh, Henry Emelman. Okay. Henry Emelman has been really good this year. Um, again, he's injured at the moment, which is a shame. But um, so Yako stepped in and has done a, a good job. But Henry Emelman under the high ball, he's just spot on every time. <laughs> so uh, we've already talked about this. You know, uh, one of the things in your group is we don't single out players and say bad things mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and here comes the huge, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is someone who let, let's let's instead use the word underperformed who who do you who is someone that you simply expected you were going to get more out of this year rather than the performance you ended up with mm. i don't actually know because i don't think about it that way because huh. i'm trying to keep the positivity for the group and everything i can't really I like see i i i wouldn't be able to think of anyone that i could i could say that about because they all they all bring different things and when they're playing in that position they're giving everything you know mm-hmm. every single one of them there's not a single one of them that doesn't give 100% when they're on that pitch so i i i couldn't i don't think i could single anyone out like that <laughs> so. i think that i think that is a fantastic answer i love it <laughs> well uh the, the flip side of that coin obviously is you know who has been the biggest surprise for you so you know give me one player who has not only done what you expected, but just sort of blown your mind and made you think, I didn't know this person had this capability. Connor Boyle. Oh, Connor okay. Boyle, really, this year, I think he's just completely blown me away with, with the, the turnovers that he gets. He just seems to be able to get a turnout, turnover out of nothing. You know, it just, yeah. you, you'd see everybody kind of pile on and then Connor comes out with the ball and you're like, how on earth did you get that? You know, but... He just, he's just performed for me absolutely outstandingly. And I, I didn't really know he hadn't played much for us before this season. He'd a couple of matches last season and that was it. This year he's been involved a lot more, a lot more. And yeah. um, I, I think he's like a mini Hamish Watson in a lot of ways. Oh. You know, there's a lot of similarity. He's quite small as well, Connor. He's not the tallest of players. And, and he, um, there's a lot obviously he's trained alongside him for a long time so he's going to pick up tips but yeah, you know, yeah. he's uh i i think he's got a lot of potential so well, there, there's the the old phrase uh it's not the size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the mm-hmm. fight in the dog <laughs> yeah yeah definitely when that applies to connor <laughs> so it, it's obviously it, it's a bit obvious but for you as the leader of this group who is edinburgh's mvp this year um pierre definitely Pierre wow okay yeah he's 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 played 80 minutes of 
matches repeatedly um week after week as well you know so he's he's not even just um you know given it all it's it's beyond you know and and he's still working so hard at the end of the match i mean we we actually i put up an appreciation post in our group um for him after the 1872 cup because he he was interviewed before the the match he then went on to play the full 80 minutes um and was outstanding in that yep. 80 minutes he then lifted ben Toulis on his shoulders um when they were awarded the 1872 cup now ben Toulis, i believe is six foot seven yeah. he's not a little guy not a small guy yeah so he lifted him up on his shoulders because ben's leaving us this year and and right. they were celebrating with you know with him being in the picture and everything where is Toulis going by the way is it japan he's going to japan yeah okay. yeah Sorry. he's going off to japan um, he then was round to everybody getting selfies, smiling for every single selfie, signing anything that anybody wanted. And then he was up on Sunday morning and off to church. And it was like, you know, I would be dead in my bed at that point you know, <laughs> after doing even a quarter of that. So he's just, there's, there's the combination of the way that he acts um, with in the team you know the way he he cements the team and 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 mm. what he does for us as a player there's also the way that he treats the fans as well and um you can tell he's he's very unique he's very unique and he's very much loved in the team than the fans and everybody you know he also he doesn't feel like somebody who thinks oh, I was this close to being a Bach. Maybe I can go get my resume in order in Scotland and then come back. He feels like he's all in for Scotland. Yeah. I feel like oh, he's yeah. nailed on for years to come. Yes. Yeah. He he is now Edinburgh through and through. He, yeah. he make, has no aspirations for anything other than giving as much as he possibly can for Edinburgh and for Scotland. Um, he's He's absolutely fantastic and and i i can't i honestly can't say good you know strong enough words to say how good he is so <laughs> wow this has really turned into the the pierre skuman uh, yeah. Yes. yeah so you know as you know sort of a, a super fan and a you know grassroots supporter of my own local team i'm really greatly impressed by the impact you've been able to have with the club and on top of everything you've been doing, you've done a lot of fundraising for the My, uh, My Name is Dottie campaign, which is mm -hmm. something I actively support as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that incredible organization and that campaign? Yeah, I mean, we, we've done fundraising for them. Obviously, Dod Dottie um, played for Scotland. Um, he's um, motor neurons disease is, is really stealing his life away from him. Um, it's a horrible disease. And... Um, Doddy and his team are doing fantastic work raising money um, for research on it. Just absolutely unbelievable the amount of money they've been able to raise. Um, we feel like we're a bit of a drop in the ocean. We quite often, you know, dab into to getting fundraisings. You know, we we did um, a we've we've done um, signed shirts uh, last year after the sponsor the player. Um, we got the people who had made their debut for Scotland to sign a Scotland top for us. So we had Dave Cherry um, and Duhan van der Merver and Jaco van der Volt. They were the Edinburgh players who had made their debut. Okay. And we raffled that one in the group and we raised 
can't remember the exact figure, but it was a couple of thousand pounds we raised um, for Doddy at that point. Um, we've also done, we, we did little badges, little Edinburgh Rugby fan group uh, badges because we, we create, a member of our group created a logo for us. Um, so we could put it on hats and we could put it on yeah, you yeah. Know, badges and stuff like that. And um, we managed to raise money from just getting little badges that people could wear at matches oh, yes. um, to identify other group members and go yeah, and yeah. talk to them. Um, and um, so, again, we raised a few hundred pounds with that. So we've, we kind of dip in and out. I think this, this summer's um, raffle, we've got, again, a, a Scotland shirt, which I think is here behind me because I keep it in my office. Yeah, that's the one there. That's signed by the players that we um, have played for Scotland this wow. year that's, that have made the debut for Scotland. So oh, that's a, that's again, a it's got Ben Velocott, Jamie Hodgson, it's got Pierre on it, um, Luke Crosby and Marshall Sykes wow. um, have all signed that for us. So again, we'll be raffling that over the summer um, for um, in the group and that money's um, going to Doddy um, this year. So that man, you know, Dottie, he, he's a human being who's made out of pure magic. He's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 a, he's definitely what you would call an inspiration um, yeah. to anybody, definitely. <laughs> so, so, oh, and I almost forgot, I, I have to let you go, um, but, and it's not exactly breaking news, but Wes, I, I, I have to admit, I don't know if it's Goosen or, or Gossen, yeah. who's coming from, sure. uh, from the Hurricanes in Super Rugby. Um, yeah. The thing I saw described him as the quote replacement unquote for Ramiro Moyano. You know, <laughs> any thoughts on this move at all? Or too uh, it's, it's brilliant. I I I follow Super Rugby and um, Hurricanes are my team, oh. so I've watched him play quite a lot. And um, as soon as I saw the name, I was just jumping about. I was actually at the office and I'd had to go out to the toilets because I knew they were making an announcement and I thought I'm going to cheer in the middle of the office in front of everyone. <laughs> so I'd actually gone off and I was dancing around, you know, in excitement. <laughs> it was announced because, um, yeah, I've watched him play a lot and I'm very excited. I think, I mean, Ramiro has been brilliant for us. Ramiro was really, really good this year, but we only had him on a one-year contract. So, um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't I a think, big surprise. I think yeah, I think Wes is going to really, you know, come in and, and blow things up for us. So I'm, yeah. I'm expecting a lot from him. I think he's going to be brilliant. <laughs> well, Super Rugby was the first league I started watching and uh, obviously still watching it now. And uh, he's definitely going to need some retraining on what is a high tackle because they don't seem to care <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's a few things they'll need to, to just uh, say, just you know keep this in mind during the, the northern hemisphere teams <laughs> so again nicola it's been so great having you here today it's so great to sort of be able to meet you quote in person unquote um <laughs> can you tell my listeners how they can join and support your group and get in touch with you i'm um, just a case of searching on facebook for edinburgh rugby fans group um we you, you have to answer a couple of questions just to say that you agree to our rules that you know we'll kick you out if you start being rude about a player um and then um you know one of the admin will let you in um we have instagram as well so if you don't want to join us on facebook if you've not got facebook you can follow us on instagram um again it's just edinburgh rugby fans group we we try and keep that pretty updated with what we're doing um so yeah that's that's how you find us so the very, very last thing, uh, so I, not tomorrow, but I think a week from tomorrow, 
Edinburgh, they'll be down at DHL Stadium. Give us your incredibly optimistic predi- prediction for this one. <laughs> I, uh, well, let me think. I, I think we'll win it. I think it might be narrow margin. Um, but I, I, I have faith that, you know, we've got the right guys going over there. They've, they've flown out today. Um, I, I, I've seen pictures of ones that have gone so can kind of estimate in my head what what who's going to be in the team and <clears> and I I think maybe win by three points okay um I think it'll be close but I think that I do believe we can do it we're still one of the only teams that have actually won out of in South Africa it's true. so it's true so um I don't see why we can't do it again so that should do it for the for this special bonus episode uh of course you can find all the relevant contact and group info in the show notes as always nicola my new friend thank you for taking the time maybe we check in and do like a i don't know a preseason pod before year two of the urc sounds good yeah love it (laughs) thank you so much for joining me everybody thank you so much for listening today wherever you are all over the globe cheers talk to you soon and be well Along these broken pavements I let my mind run free The past and the present Seem just the same to me The people I have loved most Among these stones did dwell And in the plainest language this door